been a lot. Um, I know that Pastor Tom shared this morning during announcements that we're shifting our prayer furnace to BHOP on Thursdays because we want to just join in with the regional expression of what God is doing. There's so much that comes out. There was a ton that came out on Thursday night um, that was so good. And I, I'm going to actually today and, and for maybe the next two weeks or so touch on some of those things that the Spirit is saying. Um, and there was, anyway, we'll start with uh, Romans 5, if you want to open your Bible. If you don't, it's fine. Romans 5, 1 through 8. Something the Lord had spoken to me just in my time of prayer. Um, I was just asking God what he has for us. It's something that I am always thinking of. Um, it's in my heart. This family is is a is on my mind all the time, uh, in my heart all the time, individually, corporately. God, what are you doing? I, I pray all the time for each of you uh, by name and then for the body. And what I kept hearing him say, that the pressure the pressure of this season is godly pressure. I kept hear him hearing him say that the pressure of this season is godly pressure. And so I was saying, okay, God, well, what does that mean? Like, what do you want to speak into that? And I heard Romans 5, and in the Amplified, it uses the word pressure. And so I thought, oh, that's cool. So in Romans 5, it says, therefore, since we are justified and declared righteous and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him also we have our access by faith into this great grace, which is a state of God's favor, in which we firmly and safely stand. And let us rejoice and exult in hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. <laughs> Moreover, let us all be full of joy now. This is the Amplified. Let us be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our suffering, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance, and endurance develops maturity of character, approved faith, tried integrity, and character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or shames us, for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It goes on. I'll, I'll focus on that for a minute. So verse 5, we'll go back to that. Let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings. That is like, so we think of that, how? How do I rejoice in my suffering? Like those, those words don't match up together. Triumph in our troubles. That's done only by the Spirit of God, mind you. That is not something we can do in our own strength or try to muster up. Oh, I'm just going to be happy because my life stinks right now. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. That's the Holy Spirit inside of us that produces a contentment no matter what our circumstances are. But it also says knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving 
endurance. We rejoice because we look at our, our troubles and our afflictions and our sufferings, even the pressure that we're feeling in the season, we look at it through a different lens. It's no longer I'm seeing it as God hates me, he's angry at me, and he's just punishing me all the time because uh, he must not like me or I must not be good enough for him. We don't look through that lens anymore. We've been washed by the love of God, and we then look at our trials and, our, uh, and the circumstances that come against us. Of, of course, sin also produces trial. So you have to know the difference. If you're in sin and trial is coming your way, no, that's not godly trial. <laughs> that's because of your sin, and you can repent and have that changed. There's a different trial and suffering that simply comes as a part of our walk in God that's producing something in us that's valuable, that's eternal, that has eternal worth, patient endurance. And when it's that type of pressure, which I believe the Lord's saying, the pressure of the season is godly pressure, like being in a pressure cooker, something good is happening, though it might feel uncomfortable. The word pressure does not sound like that's not a fun word, doesn't carry a... a positive connotation. We don't like to feel pressure. I don't like to feel pressure. There is a godly pressure that comes to believers in certain moments of our life, sometimes seasons, that's to produce something for glory inside of us. And in that, when we see that, that God is producing something for glory inside of us, even though it's uncomfortable, I can rejoice in it. I can remind myself no, God is doing something in me that's beyond what I can do on my own, and it's producing something in me that's going to strike darkness all around me as I say yes to him. And I, and I just kind of, like a pressure cooker, you don't do anything. The rice just sits in there with the water, and you feel pressure. Stay. Stay. Don't run. The current battle in this will be to not give up because pressure, even when it is uh, allowed from the Lord to produce something in us, the battle in that is to keep standing, to not run, to not say, I give up, this is too hard, I don't like how this feels, right? So many seasons in my life I have felt pressure, godly pressure, where it's uncomfortable, it like makes you want to go, stop. Whether that was seasons where the Lord brought correction to me over and over and over again, and that was hard, or whether it was external circumstances like when I was sick with chikungunya, seemed out of nowhere, why God am I bedridden with excruciating pain all the time? I couldn't do anything about that. Pressure that was producing something in me for glory. And that's what he's calling us into. And the battle is do not give up that endurance and perseverance and proven character maturity will be developed. This is our what we're after in our walk with God. We want to be mature sons and daughters. There is one way to maturity. Pressure. You've been crying out, oh, God, make me like you. I want to be, you know, secure in my identity and mature. And you're praying for pressure. What you're saying is, God, 
Try me. Get out the junk in me. This is a gross picture, but it's like a pimple being popped. Like, I hate that picture. It made me cringe when it came to mind, but I said, I ha- it's, it's the thought. <coughs> what come, what's inside comes out. Gross. Sometimes there's gross things inside that need the pressure of God to get them out. And he squeezes and squeezes, and you're like, ugh. And what's coming out is gross, and I don't like to see it. But once it's out, you have clear skin. And you shine. (laughs) Not with oil. You shine with the glory of God. The pressure is to refine what's in you or to push out what's in you that shouldn't be there or that needs to be dealt with. That's the godly pressure. There's things inside of us that need to be refined, that God is refining. He's making more like him. He's making it like gold. And then there's things inside of us that are not like him. And he's causing that stuff to come to the surface, whether that be being easily angered, frustrated, um, bitterness, unforgiveness. Those are the things that just ooze out. And he's getting them out of us. We need, we must heed the voice of the Holy Spirit individually and corporately that we don't become dull of hearing. What we've been hearing for months in our meetings together as a body has been repent. And realizing that that word repentance is not a negative word. It's actually access into freedom through the cross. Sin is bondage. Sin is captivity. That that pressure leads us to repentance. This is kindness. It's this kindness that leads us to repentance. That kindness can look like pressure. We think of kindness like Kristen bringing me a muffin this morning. Oh, so nice. That was so kind of her. That is kindness. God's kindness doesn't always look that way. Sometimes it does. But his kindness is for our good, our, e- our eternal goodness, not just the here and now, not for what's just going to make me feel good right in this moment. It's for the long haul. So his kindness toward me might be this pressure that's like, don't worry, it's going to be good six months down the road. Right now, doesn't feel good, but it's my kindness. And it's leading you to repentance, to allow him to, to bring that stuff up and to turn from an old way of doing, an old way of thinking that's not characteristic of a child of God. We've got to let him get it out. We've got to come into agreement with truth. We need to come to maturity individually and corporately and to not run against pressure or push back against pressure. You push back against the pressure of the Lord, you will get broken. There's a scripture, I forget the reference, that says those who fall on the rock will be broken into pieces, but those who the rock falls upon will be shattered like dust. Either way, you're falling on the rock, or the rock's going to fall on you. You choose. (laughs) If you fall on the rock, you'll be broken to pieces. It's still, it doesn't make it feel any better. 
the rock falls on you, you get crushed like the dust. Come to the Lord first. Fall upon the rock. Don't push back against pressure. Fall upon the rock. Let him do what he needs to do in you. Let him do what he needs to do. I need to let him do what he needs to do in me. That's been the cry of my heart as we've heard this message for months now of repent, of turn, allow God to do this stuff. That has been the forefront of my mind. God, what is in me that needs to be changed? It's what Joseph, Stu, and then into Joseph. We don't change God. He changes us. Try to change him all you want. He does not change. He will not change. You push back against him, you'll get crushed. But you let yourself go and say, oh, this feels uncomfortable. I don't like the feeling of the season. But God, do in me what you need to do and watch him work. Watch him work. Watch him bring freedom into your life. Joy. Shift things. As you repent, as I repent, as we turn and allow him to do what he needs to do. This was the word in my heart. And then at BHOP, Psalm 51 came out. And I want to turn there because I think it's something that the Lord is speaking even now. Psalm 51, many of us know this passage written by King David. Just keep in mind that this man was who God said was a man after his own heart, right? King David, a man after his own heart who had a ton of sin that was like murdered a woman's husband and took her for his wife and had, was an adulterer. I mean, he just did crazy stuff, and yet God said about him, this is the man who has a heart after my own heart. And, and King David, who's a king, you know, you could get very prideful in the position of a king, but he's not. That's why he was a man after God's heart. He was humble in his heart. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly and repeatedly from my iniquity and guilt and cleanse me and make me holy pure from my sin for I am conscious of my transgressions and I acknowledge them my sin is ever before me this is a characteristic of a man who has a heart after God's own heart in humility he says I acknowledge where I'm not good enough I'm acknowledging my sin. I don't turn from it. I don't close my eyes from it. I look at it, and I look to you, the one who can help me, the one who can make me clean. He's not running from God in his sin or his bondage. He says, ugh, I see my sin, and I'm turning to God who loves me with my sin. I'm acknowledging it. I'm conscious of it. And then in verse 10 through 13, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, persevering, and steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted and returned to you. 
He's acknowledging his sin and his, his, where he doesn't line up, measure up to God. He's saying, it's ever before me. I acknowledge it. I'm aware of it. And he says, God, I turn to you. Create in me a clean heart. You're the one who can do it. You're the one who can wash me white as snow and make me like you. Give me a persevering and enduring heart. Doesn't that sound like Romans 5? What produces perseverance and endurance? Trial, hardship, pressure. King David was under a lot of pressure, and this was from his sin. But he turned to God in it, and that was a major difference. He wasn't uh, justifying his sin and saying, oh, well, it's not that bad, or no, it wasn't. So we do that all the time. Justifying sin. When I lose my temper with my spouse, justify it. Oh, it was just the flu. It was just postpartum hormones. Hey, it's a real thing. <laughs> you, could s you could use that for an excuse for a very long time. It's still my hormones adjusting. A year later? Yeah, a decade later, like how long are your hormones adjusting for? I think you have some sin <laughs> that you're not addressing, you're excusing. But I'm saying we can do that for anything in our lives. We can justify our responses, our actions to the people around us, our interactions with people. That's not what King David did. He had a heart after God. He humbly acknowledged his transgression, and he turned to his father. He turned to God and said, created me a clean heart. Do what only you can do. Make me clean. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, your salvation toward me. Then sinners will turn from you. Harvest will come. This is what we've been preaching for months. There is an outpouring of the Spirit in the earth right now. It is undeniable. It will be unstoppable. The, um, the measure to which we will be partakers of that is where we say, God, we repent individually and corporately. And we get out of the way. We let him break down every wall, every place that's become a barrier to his spirit, to his outpouring. We repent. We take it. We say, God, we acknowledge this before you. You're the only one. You make me clean. Have your way. I'm going to have joy as a result. And harvest is going to come. Because we will have such joy that then I turn to someone who doesn't know God and I'm like, you got to know him. I've just tasted and seen that he is good. I went through the pressure of the season and he got out the gunk that was in me, or he refined what was good in me, and I've come out on the other side, and then I'm saying, guys, you've got to know him. Don't give up in the middle. Don't give up in the middle. That's, I, I, I felt this morning or this past week as I've been praying into this, I felt to say so specifically, whatever you are personally going through in and with the Lord, is not in vain. There's purpose for it. 
for his long-term plan for your life. There's purpose for it. I remember when I had, uh, you guys have heard my story of chikungunya many of times, bedridden in this pain. When the Lord healed me and I went running, the next day or within two or three days after he healed me, I was journaling some stuff and I felt like the Lord spoke to me, Wesley, this season, that season was not for nothing. I was speaking to you about the church. The church has been crippled with pain. They've been bedridden. They've not been doing what they need to do. They've been crippled with pain, but a time is coming, and in a moment, I'm going to heal and deliver, and my church is going to rise and run. And on that run that I did, I I stopped at every single person I passed to preach the gospel to them. The Lord spoke to me and said, they're going to rise and run and preach the gospel, and many are going to get saved. And the testimony of my power is going to reach many people. That was just one thing in a season of excruciating pain that I went through that seemed like it had no purpose. Why, God? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why all this pressure? Why all this pain? Why aren't you healing me? And he did it to show me something else for his church. The same with pregnancy. We waited, we prayed, we miraculously got pregnant. That seemed like a win. Then pregnancy was horrible. And then the waiting and waiting and waiting and then labor. You guys maybe read my labor story. Was very hard. During my labor, which was 30 plus hours, my water broke, contractions didn't start. They had to try to naturally induce contractions. I'm, they're doing it. There's lots of pain for 30 hours. No sleep. We get to a point where they tell me, we're going to have to send you to the hospital because you're just not progressing and you're exhausted. And it's only going to get harder. The contractions are only going to get more painful. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm so tired. I haven't gotten any sleep. So give me time to pray. We prayed. God delivered me from a, I don't even know what it was, an unclean spirit, whatever, of perfection. The word perfection came to mind. I cast it out, threw up three times, went into active labor directly after, and Winona came out in two hours. It was a miracle. They, the midwives rushed into the room and said, what is going on? Because I threw up, and then instantly I'm saying, I need to go to the tub. And they're like, no, your contractions are going to stop. No, they're not. I dealt with whatever spiritually needed to be dealt with. Afterwards, I asked the Lord, what was that all about? Why? And he spoke to me and said, the church. I don't know why he used my life to teach me about the church or show me prophetically what's happening. He said, the church wants to do things perfectly, but it's in their own strength, which is what I was doing. I wanted a perfect pregnancy. I wanted it to go just like, ooh, I went in, contractions, labor, and this just all progressed 
naturally and beautifully and whoo, Winona came and wow, what a miracle. That's not what happened because I, I was trying to produce something. I didn't even realize it. The Holy Spirit showed me mid-labor. I'm walking through a freedom session through contractions. Get off of me in Jesus. As soon as I said, get off of me in Jesus' name, I threw up three times and went into active labor. Went from four centimeters to ten in two hours. That's crazy. The Lord said to me that the church is going to break perfection, doing it in our own strength. It's going to look messy. It's going to look the way he wants it to look. Something's going to break. We're going to go into active labor. (laughs) And the promise is going to come. Winona came out beautifully, wonderfully made, perfect, perfect, perfect in God's perfection the way he wanted to do it because he's a perfect God. He's the only one who's perfect. His way is perfect. We don't do our things, things our way. We do things his way. And his way right now is repent. We don't change God. God changes us. His way right now is repent so that times of refreshing may come. That's from Acts 3.18. Repent so that times of refreshing might come. We repent. We get things out of the way. We, we say yes to the pressure. We allow him to do this. And, and we see the purpose in our pain. And joy comes as a result. We can have joy in the season that we're in. Whatever you're facing, I felt like if you're wrestling against sickness or or frailty in your body, God's bringing you. Phil, I felt this for you specifically. God's bringing you. The reason why you felt had some stuff happening is because God has a healing anointing for you to walk in. And you're overcoming Every obstacle before you, and as you come through that pressure season, you're going to come out with healing power for the body. I believe that that if you could think, James, I was thinking for you, the things that you've been dealing with, battling against, wrestling with, that's not for no reason. Actually, you're going to overcome them in and through the blood of the Lamb, and then you're going to bring a whole multitude of people into the same freedom. There's purpose in the pressure. He's called you. He's anointed you. If you've dealt with, in my life, it's always been uh, uh, blockages that have needed faith. Chikungunya, there was no possible remedy, no healing. I needed faith. Pregnancy, I needed faith. And I had to keep believing, keep believing, keep praying, keep standing for endurance for what he's called me to, to encourage others in the journey. Whatever you are facing in your life, whether it be in your marriage, your family, your health, your workplace, wherever it is, if there's pressure, know that God is forming something in you for you to bring breakthrough to many. As you receive breakthrough, many will receive breakthrough. That's the beauty. That's the glory. And I can say, God, I can have joy in this. I had chikungunya. I'm going to pray for people to be healed because I know I've experienced the healing power 
of God in my physical body where something broke in a moment, completely healed. I'll believe for anybody to get healed. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. He brought me through something to release something through my life. He's bringing you through something to release something through your life. Let there be joy in the journey. Don't give up in the process. God is working in you to produce glory in the earth, to release his presence in the earth, to release his power in the earth. Do not give up in the journey. Don't give up. Look with intention at your season. And I think that that's, we're going to dive into this a little bit more, one more week maybe. We need to look with intention at your season. Because how, how it is, when hard seasons come, the enemy definitely comes in and he wants us to get so laser focused on the problem that the problem consumes us. That was me with chikungunya and many times that was me with pregnancy. Even though I had learned before, it was like, oh, round, another round of learning not to get consumed by my circumstance. And so it's just the problem, the problem. We need to look with intention and say, okay, I'm wrestling in this area. Oh, God, you're producing this in me to bring a multitude of others into freedom, into healing, into healthy marriage, into healthy family, into physical health. You're doing it in me. You trust me to go through this. That was a testimony. I'm going to end with this. I don't know if anyone's heard this testimony. I can't remember all the details because the woman was a missionary somewhere. I, I, if I could find it, I'll post it on the church page because it is powerful. But this woman was a missionary to some country. That country went through a war. And all the missionaries were being, all the foreign American Western missionaries were being pulled out. And she, as a 20-year-old, said, no, the Lord's telling me to stay. I've come here to be a missionary. She had labored there. Maybe she was mid-20s. I don't know. She had labored there for a few years as a nurse, trying to help and, and preach the gospel. I might mess up these details, but basically, she got captured. She was raped over and over and over again by this other country that had come in, all the army men, whoever, raped her over and over again. They brought her into this room in front of all the country that she had been serving. They were all, all the men in the village or wherever she was were held captive in this room and the other country had her up front and they said like basically you're all going to rape her we're going to make you rape her and she's standing there think you're in your 20s and she's already been brutally violated a hundred times she's weeping and the men of the village, who no one had ever gotten saved, no one had listened to her message, the men of the village stand up and start to call her by this name, Mama something, or I can't even remember the name. Again, sketchy on the details. And they say, no, we will protect you. And they rushed the platform to protect her. She got flown out. 
she had to go through massive healing, get counseling. And one, she shares in her testimony, she's an older woman now. She's probably in her 70s. She says, I said, God, how could you do this to me? I gave my life to you. I said yes to you. I stayed, and you didn't protect me. She said she was weeping. She just had fallen on the ground weeping to God. How? I've been violated over. How am I ever going to get healed from this? And she says she heard the Lord say to her so um, directly, clearly, no, I, I didn't not protect you. I, get, I allowed this because I trust you. And she said she was all of a sudden washed because she realized that the whole village gave their lives to the Lord. All of these men gave their lives to the Lord as a result of her staying. Salvation came to all those men. And he said, the Lord said to her, I did this because I trust you, that I knew that you would not turn away from me in this hour of trial and abuse so that people would get saved. And I was so, uh, I mean, we turn away from the Lord. <laughs> we run at easy stuff. She said yes. And the Lord said, I trust you with this pain that many might be saved. It's like Jesus at the cross, guys. He went to the cross. He died. He was brutally beaten for salvation. He maintained the course. He didn't give up. He didn't forsake God. He didn't say, God, you hate me. God, you must not like me. God, you're angry at me. No, Jesus didn't say any of those things, right? He went to the cross for the joy set before him. He endured suffering, hardship, pressure, so that you and I could be free. And how many of us are willing to follow the Savior into that place of pressure that others might know him, that others might experience the goodness and the glory of God? It's not just for me and you. There is an entire world out there who needs to know him. Will you say yes? Will I say yes to that? And bring joy to the Father's heart, bring joy to our own hearts, and joy for many that will come to know him in the process. Your pain isn't for nothing. The pressure is not for nothing. There is purpose. Keep it in the forefront of your minds. There's purpose. There is purpose in what God has you in right now. Don't give up. Don't come underneath the weight of it. Remind yourself. Get with the body. If you're having a hard time remembering, get with the family and say, I need to be reminded that God is good. I need to be reminded that this has purpose. Pray with me. Link arms with me. Stand with me. That's what we're here for. You're not meant to do it alone. I'm not meant to do it alone. We do it together. So, Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you for your goodness, that you are good, God. No matter what the circumstance looks like, no matter what our situation looks like, you are a good God and you're producing glory in us. You're forming your spirit 
inside of us. You're making us like you, God. Thank you, Lord. I pray right now encouragement for the family, for each person in this room, encouragement, strength, grace to not give up, to stand, to believe, that there would be joy. God, I pray that in the room today that you would give revelation of your intention for the pressure, what you have in mind, what you are doing, why you are doing it. Give us your eyes, God. Help us to see the way that you see. Thank you for it, Lord. If you want prayer, come on up. And if you have to go, that's cool. We love you.